I have consented on your behalf. Yes. Yes. Thank you. David X, how are you? I am missed. 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 Missed by Marriott. Oh, are they? Does Marriott have a longing for your for your custom? Mm -hmm. For my loyalty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know how it is. Like you, you belong to you know these loyalty programs, and they send you stuff in the mail, right? Of like, mm -hmm. oh, check out this wonderful vacation spot. Check out this. Check out that. I got a thing in the mail for um, uh, you know, the Marriott Vacation Club where it's okay. like, oh, yeah, here's a super deal for you. You could uh, come and, and, you know, come to the paradise of Washington, D.C. And <laughs> in a timeshare there. <laughs> so either so their AI either either was it failed spectacularly. Um, <laughs> so, yes, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it was it was really interesting. Um, do you, I'm wondering who that would work on, uh, like a timeshare in Washington, DC. If I'm going to invest in a timeshare, I'm going to do it in a tropical location, right? Let's Maybe swamp. a ski location. I'm wondering who the target audience is for, uh, for a Washington DC based timeshare. Yeah. Politicians. Maybe. Um, right. Yeah, but now I can imagine it's it's and who knows? Like I didn't even look at it long enough, but it's probably like, yeah, you could go here, you can go to Chicago, New York City, this beach, and all that, where you could mix it up as opposed to having the same place all the time. And oh, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, no thanks. And it's yeah, it's just <laughs> like no thanks. And uh, yeah, and and uh, yeah, my my uh, Microsoft keyboard. Uh, may it rest in peace. There's no way I could. Uh, it no no amount of rice could have saved it. Uh, it mm. I think there's a short, so I replaced it. I uh, got another one, and uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back in business. Is it an for, identical uh, replacement, or is it uh, uh, different in subtly different in frustrating ways? Um, it's it's slightly different. Um, the keys don't match up exactly to where I expect them to be. So, you know, like there's like a, um, you know, like the, the, like there's like a control button and then I don't know, there's like an alt button maybe. And then there's like a windows button. And so it's like, I, there's like just a couple keys that are just off by a little bit that I'm not used to, but it's, it's delightful in terms of, uh, uh, you know, it, it does the job. Um, Really enjoy it. Endorsed. All right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's and it's not as noisy as the uh the original beige-ish one that I had. Uh so it's uh less clackety. So I, I like that. Yes. Yeah. I yes, I understand. Yeah. Well good. What, what are I'm you glad you're back in business. What am I yeah. up to? Uh uh so Soren and I uh have embarked on a on a Lego journey. Yeah. And the name of this journey is 
the Harry Potter Hogwarts castle. Mm. Uh, we are currently on bag 19 of a 36 bag process. Yeah. How many uh, parts total is it? Uh, th thousands, thousands yeah. of parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, as it is a feat of engineering all by itself. Uh, yeah. Just the the level of detail and the thoughtfulness is a uh, is really something else. It's uh, it's uh, kind of every few pages we're like, oh, this is how clever. Look at look at look how they look how they did this. Or, look how right. they made the stairs rotate and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great. It's a good time. It's a good. Well, time. it sounds like the thirty six bags. It's I guess they're logically grouped, uh, so you could put things together as opposed to like one giant, like hefty bag full of parts. And... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's, they, they parcel it out and each bag takes, let's say 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. so it's actually good for time management purposes. It actually yeah. works pretty well. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, as usual the Lego company did a fantastic job. Um, yeah. If you, uh, if you have an awful lot of disposable cash and you have uh, and you have a young one who enjoys assembling or an old one who uh, enjoys assembling Lego, um, mm -hmm. it is a uh, it is it is a very rewarding three dimensional puzzle. Mm -hmm. for sure. mm -hmm. yeah. have, have you taken Soren to like Legoland? Uh, anything like that? No, I, <laughs> uh, he and I. So a couple of years ago, he and I traveled to the East Coast, and we mm -hmm. were going to go to a Lego land, but uh, all of the Yelp reviews were uh, told me how filthy it was. Really? Uh, yeah. How uh, how gross and dirty and unsanitary it was. And I said, well, that's okay. I think he doesn't need to know that that exists yet. So we're going to go ahead and skip that this trip. So, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe post-COVID, maybe, post maybe they, they cleaned it up. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, just to have a whole like hand sanitizer thing. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, no, I've never been to one uh, myself. It, it was uh, um, after Lauren's time, I guess, for us to ultimately get there. So, yeah, right. never, never experienced it. But there, I, there are a lot of people crazy about the Legos. Yeah, people love them. People mm -hmm. love them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so we got we got a fun show lined up. I'm ready. What's on the, what's on the docket? So uh, we got, uh, we're going to be appreciating our listeners. I uh, got a lot mm. of viewer mail. Um, we're going to gas some uh, bank robbers and uh, we're going to war drive some smart meters. All right. I, I really like this, this smart meter war driving story. This is that I'm looking forward to that one. This yeah. It's in your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So where should we send people to uh, if, if they need to gas a burglar? Yeah. Uh, so if you're willing to murder a burglar with uh, with a poisonous gas, you should go to a dgshow.org. That's uh, mm -hmm. D as in Dave, G as in Gunner, show.org. And if you're on Twitter, uh, you can enjoy us at, at dgshow.org. So that's at dgshow, D-O-D-O-R-G. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Cutting Room Floor, it's, it's a very uh, real estate themed uh, one where... Um, yeah, I don't know if you got a chance to poke around in this one. There's a McMansion uh, that was uh, that it's it looks like a house, but it's not. 
It's, yep. it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Verizon built it um, to like put some equipment somewhere, but the housing, the, like the neighborhood community, uh, you know, didn't allow it. So they they ended up building a house. But and then you go inside of it, it's all like raised floors and, you know, it, it's it's like it's not it's totally fake on the you know on like fake windows on the outside, and uh, they're selling it for nine hundred eighty nine thousand dollars. So it'd be a great home office in in the literal sense. Um, if yeah. you want your raised floor, um, so that that was pretty good. Um, no, it was AT and T actually. It was, it was in Dallas, um, and then it's like you know we're always on the lookout for a good deal on uh, on underground nuclear bunkers. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, um, there's a really sweet one. There's a 56 bedroom um, uh, bunker in in uh, Devon in mm -hmm. uh, England, and yeah. it was built in the 50s. Um, it, it's designed to hold 250 people uh, for 35 days in the event of a nuclear attack. Um, and it was operational until the, the 1990s. But uh, and also um, it included, uh, I guess, ghosts. And but it wasn't, you know, they were thrown in for free. And uh, but it sold it. I, I guess it, it was on sale for four hundred thirty five thousand uh, pounds. Um, mm -hmm. But I went and I checked the site recently and it did sell. So that's that's too bad. That's what I like that. I like how this listing reads too. Uh, it was uh, this is operational until the 1990s, and now wants to make your haunted commune slash hotel slash roller rink fantasies come true. <laughs> yep, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yep. And then, um, yeah, there's a for if you're looking for uh, uh, some coffee table books, there's a, a one that came out. It's a compendium of sadly named places with presumably. Uh, snapshots of, of uh, Google Maps that represent those places. So, um, and it's it's based on uh, uh, the the Instagram account, sad topographies of like all kinds of uh, just really sad, um, sad looking, uh, uh, sad sounding locations. So did, did you happen to have any favorites? Yeah, uh, I did like uh, uh, Ontario's Solitude Island uh, mm -hmm. makes an appearance. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, I believe also there's a grief Island. <laughs> yeah. 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 That'll really draw them in. I don't know. How about you? Did you have any favorites? Oh, geez. Um, I think there's like a crying child Island, uh, which, you know, <laughs> it's always fun, you know, and it's, it's like, I, you, you gotta wonder what happened there, you know, to, it's like, that's what I'm going to name it, um, with all these places. So. Um, you know, despair island, all that stuff. Uh, Road to misery is another one. Yeah, so that's a good something one. for everybody. Heartache Road. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's great. Yeah, so people could check that out. Put it on the coffee table. Um, but in the meantime, we got a ton of viewer mail in the past like week or so. We did. We were we were very popular there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, a friend of the show, Azoma Nwasu. Um, he reached out to us in, in our little Slack instance saying that uh, he went on extended vacation and uh, uh, was delighted to like come back and see that an episode was there waiting for him. So that that's cool. Aim um, please. Aim yeah. please. And uh, Norm Joseph, uh, a colleague of mine from decades ago, uh, he uh, uh, so Norm uh, endorsed our show uh, dedicated to norms. So he endorsed that. <laughs> And then uh, Dr. David A. Wheeler, he he uh, weighed in uh, where um, we were talking about um, 
the laws of war without saying it out loud. So he put, he put a nice link to the Wikipedia article. So for people to uh, catch up on the norms of warfare or the laws of war of what's acceptable or not. So uh, people can check that all out. Thank you, Dr. Wheeler. Thank you, Jenna. And great to hear from you, Uzama. Great to hear from you, Norm. Thanks, gentlemen. Yep, yep, yeah, keep on listening. Um, so what if, if, if uh, you know, you're in the market for a burglar alarm and mm -hmm. somebody said, that, hey, I got the alarm for you. It's called the pyrotechnic asphyxiation burglar alarm. <laughs> what do you think it would do? Uh, this sounds like this sounds like a bold new direction for the Google Nest service. Um, <laughs> right, they're getting in the home security business. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, <laughs> really, way way to distinguish themselves. So wait, this and so this is a this is an alarm system that. Uh, <laughs> well, so okay, so, so somebody tries to break into my house, and this will just this will gas them to death, right? Is that the is that the upshot? No, this is more for banks, and and oh, so okay. yeah, so this goes back to the April nineteen twenty three issue of Science and Invention magazine, of course, and uh, so it was in a, this was invented by a guy uh, Eric A Dime, um, or wait a minute, it yeah, it was it was credited to him, and then. Um, uh, let's see. And let's see. The article uh, credited to Eric A. Dime stated that this invention was a work of, of Joseph Minchin Jr., an American who advised the British War Office in the early days of the First World War um, before it, the Allies joined. And Minchin, um, he actually developed uh, the, the flamethrower for uh, the British in 1915. So he's the guy that invented this. And so imagine it's like you got the teller window that, that you have up, and then let's say somebody is trying to hold you up. The teller mm. can just put their foot on this like board that is mm. uh, you know at their feet, and um, and what it would do is it would have the screen drop down, and then have this e explosion that would happen like a flashbang, I guess, and then have this like knockout gas. Um, like flood the the bank lobby to make the burglar uh, uh, unconscious. <laughs> it's a it's a real uh, swords into plowshares situation. <laughs> right, <laughs> plowshares into swords. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we just made all this gas illegal. We might as well put it to good use here in our banks. <laughs> Some surplus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, but for whatever reason, it never, never really took off. Uh, he patented it, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. It might've been, I'm going to go ahead and guess it might have something to do with the, the, the murder. Well, it wasn't murder. It would just knock people out for a little bit. Um, I guess. And you know, if it, it would accidentally murder people, but not, it's not <laughs> intentionally trying to murder people, but I can imagine like in today's litigious society, you know, people get, sued for spilling a, a hot coffee on themselves. It's like, I, I don't think it would fly in, in today's modern uh, um, legal climate. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think there, <laughs> you'd have, you'd have, <laughs> if you were gassing potential robbers, you would have much to answer for. <laughs> right. right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is a guy that invented the flamethrower, so what do you expect? So um, That's right, yeah. yeah. 
not a man for subtlety. I encourage readers readers who have uh, some potential user stories uh, for a product like this, please please send them in. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be curious <laughs> to read them. It's great. Yeah, and so um, and then there was like the there was an AI, uh, you know, draw your own AI person uh, that mm -hmm. um, that we were doing the other week. There's a new one out where it's it's like a sort of like a Microsoft Paint sort of version. That's um, like a paint program, and mm -hmm. uh, and the cool thing about this is that you know you could you could draw on glasses and you could uh, do all that, but the unlike the one that we were doing before, where you could pick out things like um, hair color and stuff like that, it was you know, and it was very um, prescriptive in in what your choices would be. With more of a paint program, you could say that oh, I want to draw eyes and. You're, you don't have to limit yourself with a face with only two eyes. <laughs> right. Yes. And so, the, and so, yeah, it's a very much like a Microsoft Paint, right? And you just say, uh, okay, I would, you, you, in kind of broad, crude strokes, you say like, eye here, eye here, eyebrow here, eyebrow here, lips over here. And then mm -hmm. the computer does its best to make all that work out, right? Mm -hmm. And give you a, a headshot. Yeah. That's right, and it, and it produces a headshot, uh, and it is—it's uh, upsetting. It's upsetting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's—I can't even describe it. It's like a something out of a tool uh, video, music video, or something. You <laughs> know, right. it's just like, like, uh, like I don't know what if it has like a like a tool filter or what, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, for what the corpus is. Maybe it is tool videos that they use for <laughs> the, the corpus, but yeah. It, might have, it, it smacked for me of a of a of HR Giger, right? Uh, it's got yes. kind of yes, kind of unholy morphology. It's kind right. Of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like not something ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So speaking of um, ain't right. Speaking of ain't yeah. Right. Speaking of ain't right. Um, there it was. There's a story. It was a little while ago. It came out, but. Um, like, you know, the power outage, you know, this personally in, in Texas that happened right during the yeah, winter. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, people were like, Hey, power company, um, can you tell us, uh, what businesses or what, uh, which of your customers stayed online and which ones lost power? Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do some checks and balances to see if, you know, minority communities or, you know, oh, the, well, the, the fancy places, you know, they didn't lose power, but the, the poor places did, right? And mm -hmm. um, so it wound up that the power company was like, uh, they said that, uh, that they cannot disclose that uh, for cybersecurity reasons. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because like, oh, well, then they're going to know that it's like, you know, the hospitals are the ones that are going to, they're going to give power to, and, you know, maybe one store gets the power, but the other one doesn't. Um, but, you know, what their priority list is. And so the, the, the power company was saying, um, well, no, it's, uh, we can't do that for security reasons. And so there was um, just a, a local hacker that um, he was, uh, he just really enjoys, uh, um, uh, reverse engineering smart meters to figure mm -hmm. out what, you know, like, 
oh, what's what's a broadcasting? What's a protocol? How does it work? All that stuff. And he realized that the um, what it you know with the protocol when he reverse engineered it, he was able to like all the smart meters of from this. Uh, uh, I guess it was uh, Austin Energy. Um, mm -hmm. They emit data. Just they just broadcast it out there, including uptime of when um, you know the how long that smart meter has been booted up. Right. And so if what he did was he, I guess he, I don't know if he used a Raspberry Pi or what, but you know, he he did uh this is in Dallas. He he drove along a 30-mile stretch of US Route 75 from Dallas to the city of McKinney. Uh and um he was able to get the uptime of 7,000 uh, smart meters operated by Encore. Uh, and um, and then he was able to visualize, uh, like, so there was a really cool YouTube video that would have the, and he figured out, he could figure out, it would also uh, transmit the, the geolocation of the, smart of the smart meter too, along with the uptime. So he got that and was able to do a 3D visualization where it would plot the geolocation of where the um, uh, where the smart meter was, and then there would be um, like a a line, like a vertical line that would go up, and then there would to note where it was, like think of it like a pin in a map, and then there would be like a sphere, and the height of that sphere would be um, the uptime. So the the higher it is, the higher the uptime, and the lower it is, the the sooner it was powered off. And then he was able to like correlate back to when, um, you know, it's like, oh, there's a rash of smart meters that happened to reboot during this power storm and where there were other ones that were up for like years and, you know, and just incredibly long amounts of time. So they never lost power and they were able to reverse engineer that. That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. that's, that's extremely clever. It's also, I, I, as you know, uh, even though I am an expert in the security of a critical national infrastructure, it seems like you could make some educated guesses as to, I mean, it seems a little goofy that they're not providing, that they're not providing this information. Um, just because you could, because you can already guess like, you know, hospitals, for example. Yeah. Hospitals right. are going to be kind of last on the list for cutting the power off. Right. Um, right. Water treatment plants probably last on the list. Like, uh, I'm not companies. sure exactly what information is leaking. It, it seems like concealing it. If I'm uh, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to say that concealing this information only uh, that encourages me to speculate that there are probably some items on that critical infrastructure list that probably shouldn't be on that critical infrastructure list. Like uh, right. I don't know the majority leader's house, for example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or somebody's brother-in-law. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yep. Hmm. But what a clever, what, what a, what a, that's clever. That's great. Yeah. And I was poking around on his uh, YouTube videos and it's like, uh, like, I'll tell you what, he's like pulling this data down and then going from like, oh, so here's the hexadecimal. And then we're, then he's like doing the code breaking to figure out. And I don't think any of it's encrypted. So, it, but it's like, how do you reverse engineer the data into, you know, the, like what, what the stream of bits means in terms of like, oh, well, here's the location. And he also figured out how the smart meters communicate with each other too, uh, you know, in terms of uh, 
you know, rippling data out and it's like a mesh sort of network and is is pretty uh, neat to check it out. Huh. That's cool. Yep. That's that's clever. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And uh yeah, the the have you seen the you know Nor uh, NASA has a call to um uh to have people sign up for a year long Mars mission that's simulated? Yeah. I did see that. I did see that announcement. They they want folks to uh to pretend like they're going to Mars so that they can study their kind of physical and emotional responses, that kind of thing. Yes. Yes. Right. Exactly. And uh, yeah. So the sign up, uh, I guess it's going now and then it's going to begin in fall of 2022. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, but the thing for me is that uh, yeah, they're looking for U S residents who are non-smokers who are 30 to 55 years old, proficient in English, effective, for effective communication. Um, they're also looking for people with like master's degrees and all that. And it's like, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting, but it really made me think of uh, Biosphere 2. Do, do you right. know what that is? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the, uh, that was that dome that they made folks live in, the sealed dome that they made folks live in when in, uh, was it in Arizona? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was I was actually there. Um, I, I you know my wife and I went to Arizona years ago for vacation, and that was one of our vacation stops that we visited. Where it shows you what you get when you go on vacation with me. But um, <laughs> but it's it's like we got to check it out, and it was it was pretty neat. Um, and and it's like I'm I'm seeing this job posting, and I was thinking that wow, this sounds a lot like Biosphere 2. And it's like, I wonder if that's what's going on with it and everything. And I, I started going down the rabbit hole um, and it winds up, uh, there is, well, there's, an, there's a, a documentary on Hulu um, that, that you could check out. It's called Spaceship Earth. And there's also in the show notes, there's an article from The Guardian. Um, it's, it's titled, Ape Go Mad in Arizona. How to lock down how a lockdown experiment went horribly wrong, and it's like I, I'm like, whoa, that sounds bad. But it's like if you read the article, it's like nobody went mad, so it was like a total clickbait article or article title. And and even if you watch the um, uh, the documentary, it's like yeah, nobody went crazy. It was just like a just a not a very scientifically run sort of thing, and mm -hmm. so it started off in you know. Like for it came out of the seventies, like like uh, like a like this hippie art sort of thing from like I don't know San Francisco or whatever, and then it's like oh we're gonna build a farm in Arizona to well, yeah let's let's build a biosphere because you know the the environment's getting bad so let's let's figure out how to build a biosphere of that is totally self enclosed that we're gonna have people live in and you know, see how it goes and we'll, we'll have people locked up for like uh, a year or two. And I think it was two years and, um, you know, see how it goes. And, and this is like before any sort of like reality TV shows or anything like that. But, um, but it was interesting seeing the, 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 um, seeing the documentary where you can imagine it's like, so there's these eight people and it's funny that the documentary was like, Yes, it's we have uh, eight uh, uh, very diverse people, and it's like they're it's like five white people and three white women, 
you know, so it wasn't that diverse. And right. um, they go in there. And but what was interesting is that it's like, okay, how are we going to keep this funded? How do we get the money going? And um, they had the money from this like very wealthy um, child of of uh, like a uh, oil money family from Texas. And so he invested a lot in it, figuring that it's like I don't know if it's like guilt from fossil fuels and oil, um, but he looked at it as a business opportunity in terms of well, hey, this is a good thing. We get to do a good thing for the planet. We could make all these discoveries and then license them and, you know, make money off the patents and everything. Um, but in the meantime, it's like they were looking for other like revenue streams. So they were doing tours where, you know, people would walk around and, you you know, so imagine you have these eight people on the inside and you got all these like tourists, like knocking on the windows and trying, trying to get you to, you know, try and take your picture and all that stuff. And <laughs> like, like I would feel like I'm in a zoo and you know, it's just like, ugh, it, it just wasn't cool. Um, but spoiler alert, um, they were just, it, it was, there was just some funny business going on and they, you know, the people came out and ultimately the person that was like, that thought up the whole idea, he got canned and the, the Texas billionaire air person, he brought in somebody to run, uh, uh, Biosphere 2. Um, the guy's name is Steve Bannon. <laughs> that guy. And so, it, and I'm like, no way. And it's like, yeah, you look it up in uh, Wikipedia and he was like the CEO of Biosphere 2. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, check out the check out the documentary. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So good. What a, what a, <laughs> That was a perfect ending to the story. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no way. And it's like, yeah, yeah. That's great. Speaking of Steve Bannon, I wonder if NASA uh, would take recommendations on who to uh, who to shut into the sealed environment uh, for a mm -hmm. year. Oh, I have a list of people. Um, yeah. Me too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Would you do something like that? I'll tell you what, I was like looking at it and I'm like, okay, 30 to 55, check. U.S. resident, mm -hmm. check. Speaks English, check. Master's degree in you know, computer science, check. And I'm like, nah, no, I can't do it. But to me, it's like, I'm, I'm a, a very introverted kind of person. And, you know, like I would be fine with that isolation, but I don't know about the, um, um, like watching the biosphere thing, you know, like they're, they're like all they could grow uh, successfully was beets. And, you know, so they're like <laughs> eating beets all the time and, and, you know, and it's like they had to do all the farming and everything. It wasn't like Star Trek where you have the replicator just making all the stuff. And, um, right. you know, so I don't know. I mean, in some ways it's like, I'd be okay with it. Uh, in other ways, it's like, uh, you know, being cooped up, I wouldn't bother me that much, but the, um, just the, the drudgery would be, um, something I would not be up for. How about you? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, I think, well, I feel like we've all been participating in this experiment over these last mm -hmm. 18 months. Um, yeah, this is a the, precursor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but the kind of a person I understand that, you know, they're trying to get a, uh, they're trying to get a very specific kind of a candidate. 
Um, mm -hmm. They're also apparently looking for the kind of a candidate who can just basically check out of their life for a year, which, exactly. is, which is interesting, right? Um, I feel like they're going to get a very specific kind of a person. Yeah, right, right. That that has the, yeah, the opportunity to be able to do that. But it is like, think about it, like, this is the year, this is like the best year ever um, to look for candidates to do this. Right? Yes. Because you, yeah. you basically, the pregame was COVID. And yeah. this year is like the year of the great resignation where people are looking for a new thing. And yeah. you can imagine somebody is like, yeah, I'm ready to just take a break from what I've been doing. And yeah, I'm going to take a gap year. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and That's so, uh, yeah, take a gap year and an uh, artificial uh, simulated Mars mission for a while. And then you come out of it, think of the, the celebrity and the fame and um, all that that you yeah. may or may not I don't get. Know. Well, I don't know. You know, if, if NASA is selecting for uh, single indigent, retired university professors, which is what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like they're looking yeah, for. Yeah, think of who, that's also, that's the other thing to consider is who you would be surrounded with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, I feel but like the I link is on there. Yeah. So, okay. so Gunnar, if, if we need to, uh, for all of our listeners to go ahead and apply uh, for this, yeah. we got the link in the show notes. Uh, so where, where do we need to send it? Yeah, you should definitely go to, uh, if you are a single indigent uh, and potentially homeless university professor looking to just check out for a year, just take a yeah. gap year, you should go to dgshow.org. It's D as in Dave, G as in Gunner Show, dot O-R-G. Nice. All right, well, thanks, Gunner, and thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, everyone.